Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome into the show, everybody. This is the Al Wallace Show here on 730 The Game. ESPN Charlotte 97.5 FM. I'll be here with you for the next 60 minutes. It's going to be followed up by the afternoon rush. You got Molly Cotton, Mark Yarbrough. Molly's at no, the beach. Molly, Molly's at He's the gone beach. the next three She's days. I thought I saw something. Because, like, you know, who doesn't plan be a beach here? vacation during football sunset. season? I saw sunset. I thought maybe she was calling a game in Coastal somewhere. So she's uh, bailed on us this week. Regardless, we have Bobby Rosinski. He'll be here with me. Uh, we, we had a trip to Gainesville. Came up a little bit short, but I think encouraging. Uh, we'll talk about Charlotte football tomorrow as the week goes on. Of course, this is a Monday. This is a NFL Carolina Panthers Monday. We'll get into that. Four downs at 245. Take you around the NFL. Zach Wilson, the Arizona Cardinals. What are they doing winning football games? We'll get you locked in on some of the crazy action we saw 24 hours ago. But, Bobby, this is all about the Carolina Panthers. As I do every Monday, I wake up. I kind of take a deep breath for the last three weeks. 0-3 start here with the Carolina Panthers and rewatch the tape. You feel bad initially. It was a late game. It was a little bit frustrating. Things didn't quite go the way down the stretch for the Carolina Panthers, but there are some positives, and I'm going to start there because I'm in a good mood today. I didn't came, come in raging like I have a couple of weeks ago. I think it's more disappointing and frustrating than being angered here about an 0-3 start because you thought this team would struggle, right? New quarterback, a new coaching staff, so many new parts that needed to come together in order for this collective group of 53 guys and this this coaching staff with veterans, with young guys, to come together and be competitive. So, But what I didn't expect is for them to look as bad as they do, to look so flustered on the road in Seattle. And I understand the 12. I played there. My final game uh, in that building was 2005. NFC Championship. I've talked about it before, and it was absolutely miserable. Is it loud? Yes, it is so loud that it hurts. You can't think. I get it. It's raining. It's wet. It's cold. Uh, you've flown five and a half hours, but you can't let it get to you in the form of eight, nine offsides, you know, false start penalties, 13 overall penalties for the Carolina Panthers. It just looks undisciplined. It looks like the team is not well coached. It looks like you weren't prepared all week. And and the loud noise, the speakers doesn't make that it doesn't help you. So Frank saying that at the podium that it was loud during the week last week. Yeah, but you're not under any type of stress, any type of pressure. It's not a hostile environment. You're just comfortably irritated by the sound at practice so this thing didn't look right uh, 37 27 uh, victory by the Seahawks is just Panthers moved the ball they did I thought a better job on offense but 
I don't know about you, and I kind of gauge X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it, and people are just – they don't know what's going on. 0-3 was not the way I saw this team starting, Bobby. Look, I don't, I don't think it's shocking that they're 0-3, Al, but it's, it's how it's looked for Carolina. That's the concerning part. And uh, saw a tweet a little bit earlier here. You can look at the three new head coaches in their teams. That's Arizona, Indianapolis, and Houston. All with lower expectations than the Carolina Panthers. No doubt. And all three of those teams are clearly better than the Carolina Panthers are at this point in time. And you can look at a variety of factors of that. The other team that brought in a former head coach, the Denver Broncos, they're probably the worst of the bunch based on what we saw happen yesterday. So for this Panther football team, it's how they have looked. They've looked lifeless on offense for the most part. Defense seems that they hang around in games and then eventually in the fourth quarter, we saw it with Atlanta, we saw it with New Orleans, we saw it with Seattle. They just take over. And the, and I don't know if that's the fault of the defense or we just look offense and what they've been incapable of doing. I know Brian Burns said yesterday, hey, offense scores 27 points. That should be enough to win. Well, Panthers got a that's touchdown right, right at the end. So I, I don't know if I look at that. They had the fourth down. Panthers had to go for it, which gave Seattle short field to get one of those touchdowns at the end of the game. To me, this is all about can you look ahead and feel good about this team? And that's where I have a hard time. What do I feel good about of the Carolina Panthers as we move forward? Because, Al, there's not a lot there that stands out to me on that side of what to be excited about, which is where you get certain people here that try to tell you, well, this year, hey, playoffs, that weren't the part. Okay, but what is the goal? What right now are you telling me that says I should be excited? We're talking about the most penalized team in the NFL, a rookie quarterback that doesn't look anywhere close to the number two overall pick with C.J. Stroud. So it's just hard. It's hard to sit here, and some people want to paint the the positive picture, and I think you're trying, Al. I just don't know what that is. I don't know what you can tell me that says, yeah, I feel good about where this football team is going to go. It's tough. It is tough. And, uh, you know, I I felt – that this morning I think I felt it as I'm watching the game and I was with some people yesterday watching and and it makes it difficult I'm a Carolina Panther I'm a Carolina Panther fan uh, you know separate from that and I think when I look at this team as badly as I want to root for this organization under David Tepper with Scott Fitterer my Maryland Terp, Frank Wright, it doesn't feel good. It feels like we're going in a circle. And I can't remember, uh, maybe Bowler, uh, Boiler, Boiler, the guy from Denver said it. Like, since I've been here, it's been bad. It's been yeah. really bad since 2018, I think, when David Tepper took over this organization. And I can't remember where I heard the stat today. Under Tepper, 11 different quarterbacks have taken a snap as a starter for this football team. 14 in the entire time that Jerry Richardson on the franchise, we're becoming the Cleveland Browns. It's a rotation of quarterbacks, and this is not to downplay or or disparage Andy Dalton. I thought Andy was good. He's the bright spot. That's where I'm going to be positive. 58 passes, I get it. And I just listened while I was walking in to Frank Wright talking about why if he goes up there and says you can't win in Seattle throwing the ball 58 times, why don't you call some <laughs> runs? But he didn't, and I understand also that he's in a situation where you can't late in the third quarter, late in this football game, where you're down two scores and you got to throw the ball to win. But he could have earlier. The best player on the field was Andy Dalton. Then Adam Thielen had a fantastic day. That's the good. 
So you can't. So 14 total rushes, four by Chenault and Dalton. I mean, you look at Chenault, of course, he can line up as a running back, jet sweeps, what have you. But the other two scrambled. You just didn't try very hard, and you gave up. And you do that way too often. And this is not the same offensive line. I get this. This is not the same rushing team we saw under Steve Wilkes. But that is even more disappointing because we saw a coach take over the interim job, do more with less and you're expecting going into this season with the changes. Maybe not all great changes as we've seen through three games, but certainly you can find a way to be competitive. And unlike those other teams, new coaches, Bobby, that we talked about, this team is not competitive. It hasn't been competitive. And for me, that's the most frustrating part. And it boils down to Scott Fitterer. I mean, Frank Reich's here now, but the development of the young guys, the only guys that you can go and look at positives from were guys that weren't on the roster a year ago. Yeah, it's it's tough to look at it here. And to go to the run game, Al, we, we saw it against New Orleans and we saw it against Seattle. They just don't try to do it. No. They I mean, you Frank Reich can say what he wants today. You were leading at halftime. You weren't running the football in the first half. Chuba Hubbard was good against Atlanta. I don't know what he did, but he doesn't seem to be in favor of now getting the football. He's barely seen it over the last two weeks. He had one carry yesterday for two yards. That's it. And, you know, for, for Miles Sanders, it wasn't a great day, clearly. Nine attempts, 24 yards, and hell, he had 15 on, on one carry. So there wasn't much there. Is this more so not believing that the offensive line is any good right now? They're not, Bobby. To and win that, these I battles. That's the excuse. And that's, you had Team Icky with four of them, but... That's one thing, but to just not trust that you can open up holes here to run it, it's that's the concerning part, and that's where it's hard to look forward here with Bryce Young, and maybe he returns Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. But clearly, as you said, Andy Dalton, I thought Andy Dalton, I mean, I maybe one throw that wasn't great. I mean, overall, Andy Dalton did his part yesterday to help the Carolina Panthers win. And right now, let's be honest. They would have a much better shot to beat the Minnesota Vikings if Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback. That's going to be Sunday. difficult because I think Bryce is going to come back. I, I don't know how severe the ankle is, but you have to believe that you can't be afraid, right? He's an adult. He's a football player. He's in the NFL that he's not going to go out there until he's 100%. No one's 100%. And I, I got a list. I made a list of excuses that I'm not going to live with. I'm not going to live with the excuses that guys are injured. The Seattle Seahawks had 14 guys on the injury list. Ten of those guys were starters. Three of the four starters in the secondary were out of this football for Seattle. Both offensive starting tackles were out of this game for Seattle. You think they used that as an excuse? You think they were going to lean on that? So for the fan base to say, man, we're hurt. There's no Shaq. Frankie gets a hit pointer. Jonathan Mingo gets blasted out of bounds with a concussion. So many things. Xavier Woods also. Uh, you, you know, you look at that, but you got to have depth, and that's about drafting well. It's about building this roster, and it's developing the pieces on here. Every time I see Terrace Marshall Jr., I just feel like this team, this staff, it's wasting his talent. I think he has talent, but I just don't know if he has gotten the coaching yet maybe maybe he's maybe he's maximized his ability but it just feels like where's the development where's the consistency with guys like Etor gross models who had a decent game he had a good game get out there but man this thing is frustrating it is frustrating to see this team just not live up to expectations not be consistent from week to week Hayden Hurst 
had a good week one. You talked about, you know, Miles Sanders. Talk about some of the other guys. Then they completely disappear. I think it was undisciplined. It was scattered all over the place. Andy Dalton was a bright spot. DJ Chark dropped a couple of passes, but he made some big plays. Adam Thielen was a pro. He's not a number one. He's not going to ever be a number one. But what he proved is exactly the guy that we thought he was. 11 catches, 145 yards, a touchdown. He showed some toughness. He's dependable. He's going to be exactly where you need him to be. He's willing to make plays and uh, sacrifice his body to get first downs and do different things. Those are the good things. But they all come from veterans that are on the downside of their career. Where is the development of the guys that you drafted, that you brought in, that you invested money in? It's just not happening for Scott Fitterer and for Frank Reich. And I think I got off the bandwagon a while ago, and it's time to start looking at how this team has currently been constructed. And it's just, it's not good. And I can't see a future with Bryce Young behind this offensive line as poorly as they played. Man, I was high on Chandler Zavala. He's just getting dominated, not by technique. I think he's big and strong and physical, but guys are just ragdolling him. He's in the lap of Andy Dalton way too many times, just on a flat-out bull rush, straight out cannot protect the quarterback off the snap of the ball. It's unacceptable, and it goes back to what I said, and I hate to bring Brady Christensen because it's just a stray for Brady Christensen. Sometimes we're out there, a lot of times we're out there, playing with guys that it's the best that we have. It's the best that we have, so we got to throw him out there. That guy shouldn't be starting. He's a fourth, fifth-round draft pick. He's forced into that position after being injured all training camp, getting thrown out there. Where's K. Mays? Throckmorton's out there. Like, it's just a bad roster, and until we maybe come to grips with that, it's going to be an extremely long season, man. Bryce is going to be in some trouble when he comes back. We're going to get into that. The Minnesota Vikings, the Detroit Lions, Miami put up 70 oh. points. That's your next three games, Carolina Panthers fans. It's not getting any easier. I thought Dalton did a good job, as good as he could with that offense, putting up 27 points. We'll shift to the defensive side of the ball. Take a little break here on the Al Wallace Show. If you want to join the conversation, 704-332-0173. We're going to go defense, tell you why they gave up 420. 25 points. This is 7.30 the game. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 704-800-4827. So you can reach us via the text line with your concerns, your comments, prayer requests, whatever you need to send in here. On another Monday after a Panthers loss, 0-3 start here for Frank Reich, Scott Fitterer, the team over there. So it, it is, you know, it's it's tough to look at this football team and, and um, feel some positives, but there are some good things. And I thought the defense, even though we haven't seen a, them put together a complete 60-minute performance uh, in the first three games, I think it's tough. You know, I think it's tough for them because they're on the field a lot. And eventually, these offenses with these running games, and we, we saw it yesterday, right? We saw it yesterday 
with the Seahawks. They're just going to pound you, and eventually the closeout football games, Kenneth Walker the third. I mean, it's going to take his toll, and he's going to, you know, he goes for 97 yards, two touchdowns, give up 146 yards on the ground, 425 total yards. And Seattle's a good football team. It didn't look like it week one, maybe not so much either. Week two, uh, they do bounce back. But then week three, you see Geno, uh, DK Metcalf, that offense, Tyler Lockett start to put things together. And this defense, I think, when it holds up up front, they've been really good. That front group that I had concerns about, Bobby, that defensive line that I thought didn't have enough depth, they've held up, but they're playing a lot of snaps. I went before I came in and looked at the snap count. Those guys are in the top ten. They're out there a lot. Shai Tuttle, um, Deshaun Williams has played well. He plays with so much energy and passion uh, and intensity. He's all over the place. And then Derrick Brown is that guy. He's everything we thought he would be, being a top ten pick out of Auburn. SEC Defensive Player of the Year. He is a physical, like he's just a rock in the middle of that defense. And then Brian Burns, he gets another sack. Typical Brian Burns pass rush just makes the offensive lineman whiff on an inside move. And then I thought he was stout, He, you know, against the run. He had three tackles for loss as well. Burns is okay, but there's only so much this defense can do. And, yes, they're hurt. When you use the, lose the energizer guy, Frankie Louvu to a hip pointer. He's the eraser, man. He cleans up a lot of stuff, more so than Shaq. Shaq was the emotional guy. He's the green dot guy. He's the guy in the middle that they all look to for to calm him down or to get him excited. But Frankie Louvu, I thought, was the bigger loss when you talk about the linebacker position. Uh, X on the back end, Xavier Woods, and C.J. Henderson with the ankle goes down as well. So a lot of losses. I said I wasn't using that as an excuse. Um, some guys stepped up like Yitor Grossmatos, uh, Grugier, um, Kamu did a great job. I thought he stepped up and, and played a big game. But this defense, you can't give up 425 points. You're going to lose football games. You have to generate more turnovers. And they weren't able to get this thing done against Seattle. Too many wide-open receivers, not enough actual sacks on Geno Smith getting him on the ground. He was able to throw some passes off schedule and really hurt this team. It was a weird game because I rewatched it this morning. And doing my Panther report card and trying to kind of do it live as I watch the game back and grade them through. And I was still sitting there, I thought, with decent grades for the defense. And then you're sitting there like, wait, they got 425 yeah. yards. They've scored 37 points in this game. Again, one of those, the last scoring drive, they started on the Panther 25 or whatever it was after Carolina went for it here. So I, I didn't watch the game and think, man, that was a horrific defense performance. But the numbers were there, and I, and I think it was chunk plays. Actually, the guy who I thought was the worst player on the Panthers yesterday, defensively, was Dante Jackson. Dante yeah, got abused all over the place. in that ends. game. Uh, running back where there was the play where he just jumps up because yeah. there was a tight end. Whatever the other Panther linebacker was there had the play covered, and Dante just covered. says, oh, I'm going to try to jump this, thinking he's going to read Geno Smith. Instead, the running back, Walker, goes right by just him, block, and yeah. it's the 36-yard gain. We saw DK Metcalf. Not that DK is not a tremendous player, but he abused Dante. And outside of Dante... Al, Jeremy Chin, he played a lot of snaps yesterday. But what did he do? Yeah. I mean, that guy is – the fact that I watched Gross Matos and I thought he was one of the better players yeah, yesterday. Was. Credit to him, a guy we probably all writ had written off and didn't think he was going to be a part of this team. He played well. and he, I thought he played well actually against the Saints. Also, Jeremy Chin is MIA. He is a waste of space right now. 
for the Carolina Panthers. Does nothing. I believe he was the one on the two-point conversion where Geno ran around and threw up a Hail Mary it back to that Tyler the guy Lockett. caught, and Chin's yeah. just there He's running doing around, nothing. back turn. He doesn't know where the ball is. He can't make a play on it. He also, on that long run down the right side by Kenneth Walker, just broke his ankles. He just <laughs> absolutely fried Jeremy Chin. And, man, you kind of got a hint that this was going to be the case. You don't hide your good players. You've never seen the Dallas Cowboys say, we're not going to show you Michael Parsons in the preseason. We're going to mm-hmm. save him so that we can just – surprise you guys with how great he is they call jeremy chin a superhero in the preseason like this guy is incredible and we can't wait to break off the gift wrap to show you exactly how we're going to utilize his skill set i don't see it we saw for the past two years as they tried to move him off the line of scrimmage and put him at safety where he just is not good in coverage when he's in there on passing downs bobby he's a blitzer so he's a linebacker. They're not even trusting him in coverage because of some of the deficiencies we've seen here over the last three games. I think it's uh, awful. I really thought he was going to be a good football player um, because you look at his his size, his strength, his athleticism to a certain extent, and it just hasn't materialized after that rookie season. And I think he's a guy, and, and I you know you look at you just don't know where he's going to be or if he has a future here with the Carolina Panthers. I don't think Coach Avero has a place for him. And right now, I'd rather have Deion Jones on the field. Even though he's erratic, he's not very good at times. He came up with an interception, the only turnover of the game, but he made plays. He's physical. He's you know he's a veteran. So he's seen a lot of things. I think that jumps out to you on this defense that you need guys, especially with the injuries that we saw, like Jeremy Chin to step up, and he just simply cannot do it. So I don't know when the trade deadline this year, what, what the exact date is in October. I guess it's right at the end of October, like yeah. Halloween-ish. Yeah, so it, it, it's, it's one of those things where you might see Jeremy Chin out there for a team that is desperate for another athlete. And I'm saying athlete. That's what he told me here on this show and what he could possibly do. But right now, he's not able to help the team. I don't know how you guys felt about C.J. Henderson. I know he got the ankle. I think he's competing at a different level. It hasn't been the really same old C.J. where he's just getting cooked out there. I mean, he wasn't good against the Saints. The numbers will back that he was not good. Dante's been the worst one, though. Dante was cooked against the Saints, and he was cooked yesterday. You know, for C.J., the play got hurt on. That was nice defense, right? I think it was D.K. going down into the end zone, and C.J. had perfect coverage. Pass fell incomplete. So I'm not as down on C.J., I guess, as I is. I'm, I'm with Dante right now. And to go back to your point earlier about injuries, and I saw someone tweeting out yesterday, well, let's look, look at all the injuries for the Panthers. You know, you can't expect much. You mentioned about Seattle. They had tons of starters that were not even in yes, this football ten. game going into it, and they lost players during the game as well. I mean, that whole first half, it felt like there was a whistle every two plays to somebody, whether it was Panthers, Seattle, going off the field that were hurt. It comes back to the roster construction and something we've talked about for a while leading into the season, that this team did not have depth, no. and injuries are just going to happen. That, that's part of life in the National Football League. That's why you build a roster that you hope to be able to survive it and, and keep it going, and they just didn't do that before the season, and it was painfully obvious to see what was going to happen to this Panther football team here. But CJ, I will I'll give CJ a little bit of love. I think he's not been as terrible 
as he has been in the past. Troy Hill competes. Uh, I mean, he's been around a long time. I don't know if you can trust him out there being your starter, having to depend on him. When bodies go down, he's what you have, and I think you put him out there. Um, I'm just assessing Justin Houston, and we've seen him flash, right? I've seen him in the face of the quarterback. I've seen him stand up at the point of attack and, and make some plays. I just think you have to realize who he is and at what point Bobby of his career that we're seeing Justin and it felt good like we're going to get some balance to this pass rush game with Brian Burns and again he has flash I'm not saying that you know he shouldn't be out there but I think at this point I think it's a building case right now for Utah gross models to at least start because not only is he good and more physical a bigger stronger body against the run but I think moving forward what I've seen and I've looked at it long and hard I, re I was just went back and looked at all three games. He's gotten better as a pass rusher. He With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He has really been able to get the edge a few times. It's not just speed to power. And he's been able to get some hits. He has a couple of sacks on the season. He's been disruptive in the run game. And I think he's motivated. He's really motivated to get him out there. I'm just saying, let's put the best 11 guys out there. If I'm really thinking about it right now, I don't want I don't want Justin Houston to be one of my best 11. I want to utilize him in situations where he's fresh, fresh legs. He's able to get out there when we're running blitz packages or pass rush, known pass rush situations to give Brian Burns some release, relief. But all the negative things, all the questions that I've had about Yitor Gross Matos on this show, I wanted to come on and give him his flowers, give him his love. The last two games, man, he's really stepped up, I think, and found his niche, maybe found out where he wants to play, what is most comfortable for him. And I think we saw this out of Derrick Brown last year. Sometimes you become so robotic. You become too coachable where they coach the game out of you, where you don't just go out there and play based on instinct. Play on the thing that made him a second-round pick out of Penn State and got him here. I've seen that. I like to see. I would honestly like to see more Yitor Gross Matos on the field because I think he gives you one of the best front guys on the field. You know, if you got to throw Justin in there, if you want to slide maybe Deshaun Williams or Shy Tuttle out of that front four on some passing situations, I think you're able to do that. No, look, Matos, I'm right there with you, Al. It deserves to get the flowers for how he's played over the last two weeks for this team. Now, you want to see it continue, right? Everybody can have their moment in the sun where it's a game or two, but there is at least something positive for the first time in his career that you can think he can actually be a contributor to this Panther defense. Yeah. And, you know, Justin Houston made a play early in the game for Carolina, but you're right. You don't really need him out there on first, second oh, down. That, no. That's not he looks tired, what man. is going to do this team well and Houston well over 60 minutes of a football game if he is out there on a regular basis. He needs to be that third down pass rusher like Jaron Allen was when he came here and he was acquired that year that the Panthers would go to the Super Bowl before falling to the Denver Broncos. So th there are positives to take away from the game yesterday, Al. I can't argue that, but in the end, you're talking about an 0-3 football team that I think has a lot more questions than it does have, or at least a lot more negatives 
then it has positives, and it's going to be weird on Sunday. You got two teams 0-3 coming into Bank of America Stadium. It can be thrown out there about eh, something could still happen for the Panthers if the Bucks lose tonight, then the NFC South went 0-4 this weekend, and you didn't lose any ground if you're Carolina. But the Vikings, it almost feels like it's the last stand because then you got two road games, Lions and Dolphins, that you wouldn't expect right now that they're going to win. Definitely not Miami. Maybe Detroit you can go up and beat. Then a bye week. I mean, Molly had the dream start, remember, in the offseason, Al, of 6-0. and Good They luck. can be 0-6 with C.J. Stroud coming in here off the bye week looking right Just now slinging it. like he tank is. Dale. That is, yeah, I don't even know who the hell that is. <laughs> he was a, he was a, and a rookie. And here is C.J. Stroud. And hey, we can sit here. We're well in the minority, I think, but we wanted to see C.J. Stroud be the pick for the I'm Carolina not Panthers. It yet. I'm going to hold off on my I told you so for a little bit. We haven't seen But I think Bryce. we can say it. Man. That we're going to be right about this. It it certainly looks like that so far. That I mean, CJ is just he man, he's I guess the thing is that how good he has looked. It's a lot easier to believe he's not maybe throw for 350 on a regular basis, but that there's enough there that you're like, yeah. This guy is going to be a good quarterback in the National implode, Football right? No, he's not he, going just... to do that. <clears throat> Meanwhile, you look at Anthony Richardson. I think health is top priority for him. I mean, that's two games he played that yeah, he got knocked bingo. out in both. And for Bryce, I mean, he was called on Greeny's show today by one of the producers that he looks like a punter. Oh, no, man. And that's you know tough. what? He ain't, That's probably an insult to punters, to be honest with you. He's not Todd Sauerbrunn would be the Steelers punter, man. He'd be uh, Harvin, I think, yeah. right? That yep. dude is massive. Yep. That's punting for this team. Johnny Hecker. Honestly, we should get Hecker and Bryce Young side by side and see who's no, bigger. No, Hecker's 6'4 guy. He's a big dude, man. We did get a text in from Tommy in Pineville. says, my biggest takeaway is this organization has a horrible grasp on talent evaluation. Since Tepper arrived, we are routinely getting one or two meaningful players from each class and uh, supplement with trades and quarterbacks and aging vets. I agree with you, Tommy, on that. That's actually two different. That no, wasn't Tommy. Different Tommy yeah, was the Tommy second was one. Another one. Oh, so this is a different one, right, from 704 number. They've been incredibly wrong, and our future is bleak. Then my guy Tommy says, thank you, 730 The Game, for your coverage, but I can't do this anymore. I'll be back August 1st, Tommy. Really, Tommy? He can't 2024. Do it. Stay locked in, Tommy. He can't do it. We're still here. Much love. But we appreciate you guys texting it. But it's it's hard, man. It is tough on Monday to feel good about this team. I feel the same way. And it's tough as a former Panther who wore that uniform to find the positives. There were some positives. I've listed those for you here. But, man, we got to figure it out as soon as possible because this schedule, the next three weeks, doesn't get any easier. Don't let Minnesota's record fool you carolina they can still light it up kirk cousins that offense is very very explosive all right let's take another time out we'll come back and we'll go around the nfl we'll talk about the best storylines and coverage over this past weekend's sunday's matchups this is 7 30 the game back in on the al wallace show this is 7 30 the game monday afternoon panthers 0-3 start very tough here for uh, the Carolina Panthers fans as, as we're continuing to get some of the texts in. We got another text from an 828 number. How much is Tepper to blame? I think he cuts the checks. And for as much as we 
look at owners, most owners, as hands-off. You can look at Jerry Jones. You can look at David Tepper and just go to the draft. Go back and look at the draft, how much the camera and the microphones were on David Tepper and Scott Fitterer sitting there, Dan Morgan sitting there. And it was about David Tepper holding court. He is to blame because I think he feels like he understands how this roster, how this team, the organization should be built. Blame him for the hire of Matt Rowe. Blame him for the hire of Scott Fitterer if you want. Uh, Frank Reich, I think it's too early to tell. It's a mess of a roster. He's trying to do what he what he can with it, Bobby. But I think Tepper is a lot to blame because right now you can't use the Matt Rule thing. That's over. So I'm going to look at Fitterer and I'm going to look at Tepper and how they built this organization and handed it off to a certain extent to Frank Reich and that team that he built down there. It's just not good. So um, if you want to cast some blame, yeah, you start at the top, Bobby, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but I think it goes top down. Tepper's certainly all in the mix with how this roster looks. Yeah, you have to, and we can just look almost at everything that, that Tepper's been involved in here, Al. We had the Rock Hill fiasco mm. with what they tried to build there. Remember, Tepper's first year, he's out tailgating with the fans, probably drinking beverages, kissing babies and all that. Now, Tepper is MIA when it comes to the Carolina yeah, Panthers. Yeah, you're, you're not seeing him. You know, he showed up, I think, briefly when they brought Cam Newton back a couple seasons ago, and that would seem more of a publicity move from this team. Look, he became the owner. He got rid of Ron, got rid of Marty, got his guys. That was Matt Rule, Scott Fitter. And look, Rule was a hot candidate. We know the New York Giants were trying to hire him here, but it did not go well. I think he hung on one season too long with him. Then he made the decision to hire Frank Reich to be the head coach of this football team, which, again, it's a long way to play out here. We'll see if Frank Reich is going to be the guy. But all we can look at is what's the win-loss record since David Tepper has been the owner. Remember, I believe on his opening press conference when he became the owner of this yeah. team now, he talked about the mediocre franchise that it had been. Well, it's worse now. Beyond me. It used to be eight and eight, you know, it'd go seven and nine, eight and eight. Now it's been dreadful since David Tepper has become the owner of this football team. And that's the part, as we were talking here in the first couple segments, and while Tommy's like, hey, I'll see you next August 1st of 2024, because it's just continuing down this path where it's hard to see a bright picture at the end right now with this franchise and it starts at the top with ownership you need two pieces to be good in the nfl the teams that are able to do this and commit to it they have better success it's a proven model and although i don't agree with mario who came in here talking about the pittsburgh steelers and what three four coaches mario is somehow part of the ron rivera fan club and i have nothing against ron I thought moving on from Ron was fine. Yes. He had been here a long time. The trend was going south. He's gone to Washington, have not had a winning season mm-hmm. there. They did win the division one year, but it was under 500 like he did here at Carolina. I like Sam Howell, and we we'll, we'll might get into their beatdowns they had yesterday at the hands of the Buffalo Bills moving forward here for Washington. But, you know, Ron has not proven. Like, he was trying to bring up Chuck Knoll and Bill Cower and everything the Steelers Mike have Tomlin, done. Like, Mike what are Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. Those guys, they had a lot more success. And even I looked at Chuck Knoll, they probably hung on to him a little too long because they had seven years there where Steelers are great in the 70s. But then when we got to the mid-80s up until 90, they were not all that good, not making the playoffs. They went to one playoff in the final seven years of Chuck Knoll being their head coach. It's also a different time. There wasn't any free agency. 
you drafted guys, you developed guys, you didn't go out and try to patch up holes in your roster, uh, you know, through free agency and, and, and through the draft with young guys. Guys weren't expected to come in and just be stars. I mean, the NFL is that way. They're expecting guys. Look at B. John Robinson's weekend. Look at, you know, we, we talked about the quarterback. You can't expect guys like Bryce Young to come in and just be stars and to change your franchise right away. And that's what we do. And I think the Jets, <clears throat> if they haven't figured it out, Bobby, they're figuring it out right now. They should have read the tea leaves before Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson is still the quarterback. And Robert Sala got to the podium and was asked that. Is he the quarterback? Do you feel any kind of way? Do you think the locker room feels any kind of way? And I told you last week, they do. I think if one of those guys were crazy enough, they'd walk up and punch Zach Wilson in the face because <laughs> he's wasting their time. He's wasting our time. But isn't that the ownership's fault as we talk? Jets, you went all in on Aaron Rodgers. Fine. Like Mike White last year was a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. But you let him go. He threw a damn 70-yard touchdown pass yesterday so Robbie Anderson against the Denver Broncos. Chosen. Why, why didn't you keep him? Oh, I know why you did. Because you drafted Zach Wilson second overall, Can't and he's still under wrong, contract. So men. you wanted to keep him on the team. We're, we're you, real men. You Don't wanted to keep him on the team. No, I can admit I'm not a great pool player, as we learned on Friday night. Oh, man. Uh, but look, look, Zach Wilson is in the way. And – you know, he goes out there. He didn't turn the ball over, but you can see that he just can't process it. He can't see it. He's not going to be able to help him win. He's got running backs fighting with their coaches. He has his star wide receiver getting at him like everybody's frustrated. And probably the side of the ball that should be pulling their hair out is the defense. That team is loaded. The roster is loaded. And they can't win with Zach Wilson until they figure it out, until Robert Sala uh, just gets up and says, he's not our guy. I'm not going to stand for it anymore. He's going to lose the locker room. And ultimately, Bobby, it's going to cost Robert Sala his job. They were right there on being a contender, I believe, with Aaron Rodgers in the AFC. And they've gone to one of, again, the worst-looking football teams in the National Football League. And it's because they are hits their wagon to a guy that they wasted a third overall pick on this isn't the first time they wasted the third overall pick, Sam Darnold. You could just look look at Geno. Look at the quarterback history with that football team until Robert Sala gets off that horse and stops caring about this guy's feelings and utilize his responsibility as a head coach. He's not going to be a head coach. He's going to be a defensive coordinator next. You look, the Jets under Robert Sala since 2021, they have scored fewer than 20 points in 21 games. That is tied for the most such in the NFL during that time, along with the Denver Broncos. That's where the Jets are at this point in time. And it's why they wanted Aaron Rodgers. Trust me, great quarterback play can, can change our look, our opinion about everyone. There's a reason Phil Jackson quit as the head coach of the Lakers at one point during the <laughs> mid-2000s because he knew he wasn't going to win. Can't do Shaq it. was gone to Miami. This team wasn't going to happen. Oh, we get Paul Gasol? All right, I'm going to come back and coach the L.A. Lakers. For Salah, the problem here is you have such a good defense. You do have talented playmakers. It makes it seem like you can't make it work with anybody else. Like, you needed Aaron Rodgers because you guys were so inept at what you're doing at the quarterback position that the rest of your organization was failing because of what you weren't able to do there. And I thought the Jets, look, Brees Hall was so good against the Bills Monday night. Yeah. Dalvin Cook has been, he looks cooked yeah, through his first done. three games. So like that. There's nothing happened there. 
Garrett Wilson should be a stud wide receiver. There's a reason Aaron Rodgers apologized to the kid at halftime of the first game of the year. Because Garrett Wilson would be in our minds of like Tyreek Hill, uh, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, all these guys that are putting up huge numbers. And Garrett Wilson is a complete afterthought now because of how bad the Jets screwed up at quarterback. I think we're friends. We've known each other for a long time. If you're Kyle Shanahan and Robert Sala was on your staff, do you not make a call and say, hey, let him go? The same thing we just did with, who's the kid out of South Dakota? Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Get him the yeah. hell out of here. Yeah, you got goddamn go. extensions this if past weekend. If he's your guy, call, reach out to your boy Robert Sala, Kyle Shanahan. I know you're listening to the show and say, let's <laughs> get him out of here. You're going to mess up your whole yeah, thing. You're going to blow up your chances with this football team, uh, the New York Jets, to be a really good, to be a contender, and they're just messing around and they're waiting too long. Man, but as so many things went wrong, we'll have to get into some more of this. I know we're getting tired of Sam Howell, four picks. I think this is more about maybe the defense of the Buffalo Bills. Whatever happened week one, they felt a that little bit That wasn't their defense's fault the when defense, they lost to the Jets. Yeah, they, they, they came back, and boy, did they have the day. Five total turnovers, the Bills force against the Commanders. A little bit of humble pie for Dallas in Arizona. We'll talk about that as we keep going here on the Al Wallace Show. I think the marriage is about over in Denver, but we'll talk about some of that on the other side. We'll take a last time out here. One more segment, four downs. Coming back, 7.30 the game. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One final segment here on a Monday, the Al Wallace Show. Coming up at 3 p.m., you have the afternoon rush. I'll be back on air, 445, with Bobby and Mark, uh, to give my take, I'm sure, more on this football game with the Carolina Panthers losing out west to Seattle. Niners live. It's been it's a, a couple of weeks. For you. I'll be there finally. I think uh kind of got a nudge from Coach Posey there in the hallway uh, in the hotel down in Gainesville. Hey, man, where you been? I'll be there tonight. Coach, it should be a good one for myself. You hear Matt swear at on that show as well. Uh, Mario, I have the bleep button ready for you. Yeah, you might need it. Coach Posey left a message. I'm going to ask him about that too tonight for the American Athletic Conference. That defense uh, played well. I think you can feel good about that. But all right, Bobby, let's wrap this thing up with four downs. All right. Uh, first down, Al, here as we get started. At what point, if any, do the Panthers consider a midseason trade of Jeremy Chin or Brian Burns? I think you have to consider both for teams that may think they're a pass rusher, a closer like Brian Burns, away from winning a championship, from being a contender. Injuries will play a factor in this. But I think the way this is trending, and hopefully this team can find a way to get a win in the next three weeks. We know it's difficult before the bye week. If somehow you get to 0-4, if somehow you know you you know, you know find a way to get to 0-6, you got to think about late October and Burns. I know the Rams offered up two first-round picks. This team, as bad as they are right now, 0-3, and I know it's early in the season, you got to be thinking you don't have a first-round pick. It's just a second-round pick, 64 or 65th overall in the second round. So not good as far as assets. I think you consider it, and Burns is in there because 
They haven't paid him. They didn't take the draft the the draft picks uh, last October. I think it's about time to, to figure out what they're going to do with Brian Burns. He's a good football player, and somebody's going to want him for their roster. My question with Chin is, what would you get? I don't think you're going to get anything. So is it That's even worth it yeah. at that point? That's why I, maybe I didn't, in the off season, why I didn't you talk about Chin. I just <laughs> talked about Burns. It's tough. I saw Mike K do a – it was a mailbag, and that was the question asked him, Charlotte Observer, and he wrote, yeah, a day three pick. And I'm like – I just would keep him on the team at that point in time, yeah. like to trade him for a sixth rounder special team. Like you're like, relegated to, Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. That's not good. All right. Second down. Would it be a good idea to give Bryce young, a red shirt year. If the team starts zero four, I don't think you can do it. He's the number one overall pick. I think the only way you can consider sitting Bryce young is if this offensive line gets worse. Now, Austin Corbett, He's another guy that maybe Bobby in this situation. Do you bring him back after rehabbing that knee? Is he going to make a difference when you still have an open spot left by Brady Christensen? This team hasn't pass protected well. And if you cannot protect Bryce Young, and we saw Andy Dalton running and getting hit, doing some different things uh, yesterday, I think that's the only way. If there's risk of imminent danger and injury to Bryce Young do you redshirt him but he needs the reps he needs the time under center he needs to see these coverages he needs the experience you don't want to hit reset and bring Bryce Young along again which would essentially be another rookie year having only played two games here for the Carolina Panthers my answer is no you got to put him out there you moved up to get him he's a grown man it's the NFL he gets paid to do it you got to put him out there and play Third down, which team had the most disappointing loss this weekend? The Cowboys falling to Arizona or Denver giving up 70 against the Dolphins? Yeah, the, the Dolphins 35 points at half, and I'm thinking they can double this up. You can see it, and it's all about Mike McDaniel where he's willing to keep his foot on the gas, and he told us yeah, it wasn't about that. I wasn't about to run it up, maybe break the NFL record, which is what, 72, 73 points? 73. Um, so yeah, he didn't do it. Dallas is going to Dallas. Dak Prescott did the Dak Prescott in the red zone and turned the ball over late in that football game. So the most disappointing is Denver because I thought that team was good. We all thought at least a year ago it was a quarterback away. And then they bring in Sean Payton, who told everybody everything about all the bad stuff that was happening. The Daniel Hackett, you know, uh, Russell Wilson kissing babies. And then you go out there and you let an NFL team, not a college team, feels like they were playing Madden out there, score five passing touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns. They just destroyed the Denver Broncos. It was the most embarrassing, the most disappointing, the most laughable thing that I saw all weekend. Yeah, five rushing touchdowns, five passing touchdowns for the Dolphins yesterday. Just insane. Meanwhile, in Chicago, Mario's Bears get blown out by Taylor Swift and the Chiefs, 41-41. 210. Justin Fields just 99 passing yards. His fifth career game with the under 100 passing yards as a starting quarterback. That is the most in the National Football League. Bears have lost 13 straight. Is it time for the Bears to blow it up? And will Fields be a starter next year? It's time to blow it up. Ryan Poles made some decisions. He's made some drafts, and I don't even know the guys. I don't know the guys. When I saw someone post a list of the draft picks, especially on that defensive side of the ball for Ryan Poles, he's failed, man. And it looked good this offseason with DJ Moore and getting the first-round pick, which right now would be a high first-round pick from the Carolina Panthers. We thought that 
Fields was a wide receiver one away. And DJ Moore is going to suffer and he's going to struggle because he's not. And it's hard for me to believe that Justin Fields is going to be anything more than a high-end athlete that could absolutely destroy you by running the ball. When you watch him pass the ball, when you watch him try to make throws in windows, you have to think, oh, no, here we go, Ohio State quarterbacks. They all fail, and Justin Fields is the next guy to keep that narrative alive. I'm hard-pressed to believe that he's going to be a starter in 2024. I think somebody will give him an opportunity. I think Chicago is going to be forced to move away from him finally in 2024. But that team will figure out pretty quickly that Justin Fields doesn't have what it takes to be a starter maybe in the NFL. So my answer is going to be yes to start the season, but no, it'll be his last opportunity. I think the Bears are going to move on pretty quickly here after the season. All right, bonus fifth down. It's like when the Gators got an extra timeout in the first half, Al, against the 49ers on Saturday night. Usher, your halftime musical act for the Super Bowl. Good choice? Loving it. I just got a request, I think while I was down in Gainesville, can we get tickets to Usher? Can can you take me to, to Vegas to go see Usher? And then 24 hours later, he's going to be in Vegas for the Super Bowl. Mm. I might be able to satisfy both of those requests, Bobby, <laughs> with that. So I'm loving it. I'm an Usher fan. I want to see Lil John. I want to see Ludacris. You bring some of the Atlanta guys around, and you get them going. But I know people have been banging the table. We saw Taylor Swift. You mentioned it. I don't think she wants to do it. She's so big. Will she make $5 billion this yeah, summer? Yeah, she doesn't need to. It's not going to do, do anything for her. And if her boyfriend's playing in the game, you don't want to be distracted. It's a conflict of interest there. <laughs> yeah. But I'm all for it, man. Usher is one of the GOATs R&B. And I think he, he's one of those entertainers. You can look at Chris Brown, Michael Jackson, guys in that line. And I think you get it done. Um, I think you get it done. And Usher's going to be great. I cannot wait to see him put together a performance. Yeah has one of the biggest um you know residencies out in vegas so this should be fun i was so excited to see this one well that's it for me here on the al wallace show i'll be back tomorrow i have more takes on the carolina panthers we'll look at the charlotte 49ers stay tuned to the afternoon rush but also stay locked in 6 p.m we're gonna have niners live myself matt swear and coach biff poji talking about what he thinks this team will look like going forward in the american conference that's it for me stay locked in 7 30 the game Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.